0: You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach Andrea LaRosa and my co-host and producer Kanan John-Dewey. So welcome back and we are going to change it up a little bit today. We are going to answer your questions. So Kanan actually came up with this idea. Thank you for coming up with it.
1: Oh, my gosh! It's like literally my job, I think
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are amazing at it, so
1: oh, thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate you. This show is so great. I'm glad you're like doing it.
0: I right. like, we have the most fun.
1: yeah, just planning this show is fun, and then sometimes. For those of you listening, I wish sometimes we were, we hit the record button on some of our pre-planning meetings because we get into some deep conversations where we're just coming up with questions or topics to talk about. And I'm just like, ah, imagine people can hear this sometimes. Anyway, but yeah, so the idea of this episode came because we were are so many of you ask questions in the Facebook group and online in our DMs, on Instagram, as well as through our email address at gmail.com. And so we wanted to create a show once a month, or at least every 10th show. We're going to answer the questions that you have been sending to us anonymously, of course. We're not going to say who is sending these questions. <laughs> yeah, no, because which then allows you to be able to ask us anything you want. Just know that we'll never say your name. Um, and we're, we're actually working on something to be able to allow you to be even more anonymous than just sending us a message via DM, email, or et cetera. But look for that in the future. So we want to answer your questions today. So I'll give it back over to Andrea. Let's start with the questions. Yes, let's go.
0: All right, so the first question um, we're gonna throw out there, I saw this on the Facebook group. Like we said, we're not gonna say who an- who question. We're not gonna say who asked it, um, but here's the question. Do aggressive communicators attract passive communicators? Mm. So here's a quick rundown for everyone who doesn't already know the four styles of communication. It's passive, aggressive, passive-aggressive, and assertive. Only one of them are effective.
1: Oh, okay. So, wow. So in my mind, I have all this time. I've been thinking aggressive and assertive are kind of the same thing, I will say. I didn't realize there was four. I always thought there was just two, passive and aggressive. So you said passive, aggressive, passive-aggressive, and assertive.
0: Yes. Huh. Which okay. one do you think is the only effective communication
1: style? I would have to say assertive because awesome. it's clear yep. communication, right? <laughs>
0: A- absolutely. Yeah. When you use assertive communication, you really understand where your boundaries are and you mm-hmm. really understand how to stick to conversations where you're saying how you feel. hmm It's not saying, you know, when you do this, this makes me feel this way. That's not assertive communication. Assertive communication just simply says, I'm feeling this. Or it says, this is the problem that we have in the relationship. How can you and I together work on this problem versus you're the problem?
1: Wow. I've actually had an eye-opening moment there because in the past, I've even when I think I'm being assertive, I've usually started this statement with, when you do this, it makes me feel that you don't care about me. Or when you approach it like this, it makes me feel fill in the blank.
0: Right. And you're telling the other person they're the problem. Mm. And so we don't want (laughs) to do that, right? We don't want to put someone else down while we're trying to explain how we're feeling. So to answer this question specifically, Aggressive communicators, yes, will often seek out passive communicators. We talked in a previous episode um, about attachment styles Mm -hmm. where you have the anxious, the avoidant, and the secure. The secure attachment style is going to be the assertive communicator. The anxious attachment style is going to be more of that passive or passive-aggressive communicator. And that avoidant could also be very passive-aggressive or aggressive. Hmm. And so, yes, often you will see anxious attachment styles seeking out um, the avoidant attachment styles and vice versa. And the same thing goes with communicators. We... If we are an aggressive communicator, then sometimes we do feed off of that attention and being able to communicate effectively is not really, you know, a lot of times aggressive communicators think that I'm communicating so well. I'm such a good communicator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We know those people. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And don't get me wrong. I'm, I've been there myself. How many times have I told people like, I'm an amazing communicator. Mm -hmm. Well, not always because just because you might be an assertive communicator doesn't mean you're always going to be assertive. Mm -hmm. There are going to be times where you're going to be triggered and you're going to be a passive aggressive communicator. It's just how we work as people. But yeah, I do really think that a lot of times, um, we don't recognize our communication styles, or we're just not aware of them. Mm -hmm. And so the passive communicator and the aggressive communicator will often seek each other out.
1: Mm. Is it almost like I can imagine that for the passive aggressive person, it's kind of a, a shelter in a way to go after the aggressor aggressive type of person where it's like okay if i go to him or her or they it's going to be an energy where they're going to make all the decisions if anything happens they're going to be the first to jump up and take care of the situation whereas if i'm passive aggressive I'm kind of wishy-washy. I really don't want to make, I don't want to really commit because if I commit to this and it doesn't work out, then it's my fault. Or mm-hmm. if I could, it's like a whole bunch of issues that go on in the mind of someone that's passive aggressive. So I can see why aggressive people would attract a lot of, here's something mm-hmm. I just thought of. Would an aggressive person attract an assertive person?
0: Ooh. Or would they bump heads? <laughs> um, that's a great question. Cause I'm
1: just picturing it in my head. Like I can imagine one person where they're like, cause in my mind, a, aggressive is almost like hard headed, Like you think you know it all. Whereas the right. assertive person is like, well, you don't know it all. So let's <laughs> just do it this way.
0: Okay. I see what you're saying. So think of it again, those attachment styles, the assertive and the secure. Mm-hmm. most assertive communicators are a secure attachment style. So they know when to back down and not create drama or not become aggressive themselves. Mm-hmm. So an aggressive communicator trying to be attacking, cause that's how they usually communicate. They attack, right? Mm-hmm. They may try and put you down. They may try and tell you, um, you're doing things wrong, does whatever it is, the assertive communicator will be able to calmly respond and say, okay, I hear you, but maybe we can try to come up with a solution that works for both of us.
1: Mm. Hmm. Okay, and I see what you lightly
0: diffuse the situation.
1: Okay. Um, so with the assertive personality uh is it yeah would they be the most successful in relationships
0: well out of the four yeah i mean (laughs) in a nutshell and a quick answer yes Yeah. yeah
1: but that's kind of the hardest to be if you really it's almost like being completely yourself being calm being patient being centered being all these things that's supposed to make you like the the best person you can be. So I would imagine finding an assertive lover is slightly challenging, which brings me to another question that was kind of similar to the one that this person asked in the in the group. They asked, um, is passive aggressive communication common? I remember personally for uh, people that I know, um, they will always call their mates passive aggressive or, or you even hear it online. You know, there's this whole chitter chatter now that it's becoming more kind where, of, oh, this person's passive aggressive, that person's passive aggressive, block all that negativity out. So is passive aggressive the most common, even though assertive is the most successful and aggressive is whatever? Like, is this the most common out of them?
0: I think so. Um, I think you see it a lot when people are back, feeling like they're backed into a corner. Um. Mm-hmm like i said before an assertive communicator can tap into the aggressive communication style they can tap into that passive aggressive communication style you are never going to be just one communication style for most of the you know for all of the time yeah but most of the time you're going to try to tap into that assertive communication if that's your main communication style now a passive aggressive communicator they're the communicator that is really afraid of confrontation as well in the moment, right? This is not all the time, but in the moment when you are passive aggressively communicating something, you are trying to avoid a conversation, the real conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's a little bit of an avoidant behavior. This person's going to use sarcasm a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sarcasm is actually kind of popular. Like we love the sarcastic, (laughs) like I remember growing up characters like Daria or even Janine Garofalo's whole comedic um, Mm. branding is all about being sarcastic and dry. And even dry humor still to this day is very common because it's rooted almost, it's kind of passive aggressive, honestly. People laugh, but every time the person says something in that tone, it's almost like, do you or don't you want this?
0: Right. And that is absolutely passive aggressive communication.
1: Yeah. And do you, I mean, to so to answer the question, passive aggressive communication is the most common for people or is the jury still kind of out on that?
0: I mean, you there's a lot of quizzes. You can go online and take a quiz to see if, you know, what your main communication style is. Um, And there's a lot of research behind the communication styles. There are some professionals and experts out there that believe that there should have been two two more added to it. Mm -hmm. Um, That submissive is really a communication style. um,
1: That's not the same as passive?
0: Well, that's the thing. So there's only really four main ones that have been officially identified, but you will find that experts are trying to argue that manipulative and submissive are also communication styles. Yeah. So there is mixed research out there. um, And I think we're still
1: learning. Yeah. Because that you point out manipulative, that's actually, I mean, I can think of certain people who were, where their dating style was almost manipulative. Absolutely, it's, and it's not—it's almost like emergence of aggressive and passive aggressive. It's like I'm a strong arm you while smiling in your face. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, well, this next question that came to us that I thought was really good. Where is it? Um, and this this is a more lighthearted question. This is a fun one. Where does one find age-appropriate singles in their area without going to a bar? Because I too, I too talk to some of my friends, and they're always saying, "Oh God, it's always about the bar or Tinder or some swipe app." I don't want to do that. What are some suggestions to singles in their local area to
0: avoid bars and to avoid online? Mm. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because I have worked with quite a few individuals who are recovering addicts. And so going to a bar is not even an option for them. And that's got to be very frustrating, but there are a lot of really amazing ways to meet someone. So here's number one. If if you're religious, if you're not, this isn't going to work for you. But those of you who are to any degree, go to church. Whatever religion you are, whatever belief you have, whatever faith you have, find your people, find your group. If you are a Buddhist, find your Buddhist group, right? If you are a New Age thinker who likes to read a lot of books like Eckhart Tolle and you believe in that, the power of presence and all of that, then find your group. They're out there. Find your people because having the same values is key to a successful relationship, to a healthy relationship. If you share the same values, then that's great. Now, on the flip side of that, (laughs) don't go to church to find a wholesome partner if you aren't the same way. (laughs) How many times do you hear people who are like, yeah, I'm gonna go find myself a good woman at
1: church? Meanwhile, they're a playboy. Right. <laughs>
0: don't go there. You're yeah. not going to have the same values. You're not going to have anything in common. So if yeah. you aren't yourself practicing that faith, then don't go
1: there. Yeah. So. Cause people can smell that kind of right away anyway. Like when you're not genuinely there for the purpose of that religion or church. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, which makes sense. Cause if you're at a bar, I mean, the only thing you really have in common at the moment is you both like alcohol.
0: Exactly. And that's not enough to sustain a relationship. Here's another suggestion. If you are not faith-based and that is not going to work for you, try meetups. Mm. Every Meetup. city has meetups. Um, When I lived in England, I found them in England just to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I found them here in the central coast in California. So they're everywhere. Meetup.com. And this is not a plug for meetup.com by mm-hmm. any means, but... <laughs> Meetups in general, whether you find them on that meetup app or if you find them on Facebook groups, because a lot of Facebook groups will be in your area as well to meet up in person. Mm -hmm. Find common interest, a hiking group, a book group, um, TED talk groups. You have something in common with these people. Now, while they're not designed for singles, that doesn't matter. You're going to meet like minded people who have similar interests, who A, might be single themselves and looking for a partner or B, might know someone who's also like-minded and can set you up. So Mm -hmm. what a great place to find people that have similar interests and hobbies.
1: That's a fantastic idea. And to piggyback off of that, because I of uh, it's kind of the same exact thing as meetup groups like i notice on like facebook groups a lot of those groups if you have a certain interest every so often they they'll throw an event where people come in person like i'm a part of this one group for people who enjoy wearing kilts and every so often they throw like a, a pub crawl where everyone who enjoys kilts and the men or women that like them get together and and go around a different pub so there's a chance you can meet someone single if you're into kilts or wearing kilts but that's just an example but yeah. i was also thinking like event bright, um, events, like they have unique events on their website that aren't necessarily like, um, always concerts or shows, but they have things right. that are like interesting, like, uh, interesting kinds of fairs, like, um, a steampunk fair or, or, something interesting like that. And if you go and you're into that, you can meet people. And one more is Course Horse where you can take, I don't know if they're doing in person again, but they do like different kinds of courses in person. Cause I remember back in Brooklyn, I took a class on sushi making. They do all kinds of courses and there were some single people there. So if you're into like Absolutely. learning how to make foods and stuff, you can take these courses as a single person or a couple as mm-hmm. a couple, which goes to one of our questions later as a couple building exercise. And you can meet people, make friends and everything. So just to piggyback off of that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Every city, it doesn't matter how big or small your city is, there are going to be groups that do cooking classes, that do pottery classes, that do art classes, that do, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever you want to learn. If you're just kind of playing around with, maybe I'll try learning, I don't know, for example, the ukulele.
1: Yeah.
0: To throw a random one out there, join a group and you're learning and you meet someone else in the group who happens to be single and it's, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, And then you get to know each other, but you have some kind of common ground to start on.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea.
0: All right. I'm going to throw out the next one.
1: Let's hear it. Um, So wait, so to recap before we move on, the two things we suggest for singles to find people to meet is local meetup groups or church, if they're faith-based.
0: We kind of made, we kind of threw out three. The third one is finding some kind of course or learning activity.
1: Okay. So course or learning activity, meetups or church. Perfect yeah. for those of you listening.
0: <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this next question that we are going to answer, we've answered a, a few times actually in I think I've answered it on Instagram a couple of times. I have answered it on YouTube, but the reason why I'm throwing this one out yet again is because this is a huge one. Um, I'm going to read the question first. When a woman is telling me about a problem, how do I keep myself from trying to solve it? This is a question that came from a man.
1: Mansplaining. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And this is a little bit more for those heterosexual couples out there. Um, although I do find that women who are more in tune with their masculine energy, more so than their feminine side, will also do this. Same thing with men, but I've seen a lot of women do this as well. Um, I have to admit, I've done it myself when friends have come to me and asked, you know, telling me about their day or telling me about a situation with their partner. And I go into this fix it mode, like, oh, I got to fix this problem for you. Mm -hmm. And I realize, oh, no, that's right. Women don't want that. They just want a sympathetic ear. Mm -hmm. Um, And but it happens a lot with men when they're trying to date women. You know, the woman is telling them about, you know, this challenge that they had at work and they go into their fix it mode of, Mm -hmm. okay, I must figure out a way to fix this problem. And she's going, "Uh, no, Mm -hmm. please don't. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I can immediately see the issue there. He's not listening.
0: Right. Yeah, there's a YouTube video out there that has um, a couple sitting on a couch and she's got a nail in her forehead. Oh, my God and he's trying to constantly tell her like you just have to take the nail out of your head and you won't have a headache anymore honey and she keeps interrupting him and she's like you're just not listening to me (laughs) it's hilarious it's such a strange video but you know it's just how we communicate it's how we listen so the best way to recognize this is someone is telling you about a challenge that they had in their day. Maybe it was from work. And to be a true empathetic listener, you need to just shut your mouth and nod.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. And that was, yeah, I actually would say for gay relationships too, it's it's sometimes it's kind of sort of the same. I've seen it in re- lesbian relationships where the more aggressive person communicator is instantly goes into fix it modes or uh, even in my relationship sometimes, my husband, he, he's in marketing, so he tends to be a problem solver. So there are times when I'm expressing something I'm frustrated about and he's automatically trying to figure out how can I fix this issue so he doesn't feel like this anymore. Right. And then I get frustrated because I keep going on, but he keeps telling me, no, just do, this, just do this, do this, do this. I'm like, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. So I, I, I definitely... And usually what I, all I really want is just someone to listen, just be a sounding board to be like, yes, yes. Because a lot of times us just talking it out, whether it's me or a female, not feeling like her, her boyfriend or the, whoever she's dating is not listening. It's just, you just want to talk it out loud. So then right. you can like work it because a lot of times if it just sits in your head, it's just, it's confusing. But speaking it out loud and seeing someone nodding and responding or, or just listening, not responding, listening, you hear yourself saying it and then you're like, okay, okay, now I see what it is.
0: And you can respond with questions, if you need to clarify, or if you're not following, it's okay to ask like a clarifying question or to even like sum up what they're saying so that they Mm -hmm. know that you're hearing them correctly. Like they're talking about, you know, uh, an issue that they had with their boss at work, for example. Um, and you sum up, you know, so what I hear you saying is X, Y, and Z happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I was following. Like that's okay too, because you want to make sure that you're understanding them correctly. And yes, often people can come to their own solutions, but a lot of times it's not looking for a solution for anything. It's just, it's created this emotional turmoil in me and I need to release it, or it's just going to bubble up and explode. Yeah. And honestly, in your relationship, you don't want their work stuff bubbling up and exploding in your relationship. No. And there's no guarantee it's going to happen at work when it explodes. Yeah. So they have to release it. Yeah. And so let them release a little steam and just listen
1: Yeah,
0: and be empathetic and yeah. understanding and yeah. just hear what they have to say. If they want your opinion, they're going to ask for it.
1: Exactly. And I feel like all of us, including myself, because I know I do it sometimes too, is, I'm not guilt-free of it, but it's just... That's it. Just listen. Sometimes don't, don't worry about, because I feel like we instantly go into our response mode. Like, Oh yeah, they're talking to oh, what am I going to say? What profound thing am I going to say? It's like, just chill out and listen. And since you asked, I feel like this question that was in the group kind of goes towards that in a way yeah. where maybe we can answer this. Someone asked, um, how do you ask a partner to do something or not do something without coming off harsh or critical? Because, you know, we're all afraid of being the nagging partner. It's like, can you do this? Can you do this? Or, and know, I don't like it when you do that, but we're afraid sometimes to offend our partner, which probably goes back to one of those questions we were talking about earlier about um, being afraid to communicate what you're feeling.
0: Right. So just don't be a passive-aggressive communicator <laughs> when you're asking for what you need. Make sure that you're asking in an assertive communication style. It it's does. Tone- it kind of all circles back around. And yes, tone. Tone is important.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: But The way that you ask, right? Yeah. Um, the facial expressions that you make, too will play into that uh, because that's all language is body language is still communicating. It's still a communication style. And so if you're going to ask, I don't know, let's, let's throw an example out there for that question. Um, you know, if your partner isn't cleaning up after themselves mm-hmm. and you want to ask them yet again, to put the, dishes <laughs> <in> the dishwasher, <laughs> you know, How often do you hear someone say, can you please put your dishes in the dishwasher? How much sarcasm is there? So much. That's passive aggressive. Yeah. So find a way to assertively ask or to assertively explain how you're feeling about it. Because you're probably feeling very frustrated and that's okay to share with your partner. But you need a solution to it. Just asking them, can you please do something that you never do Mm -hmm. is never going to get you the result that you want. They're not ever putting their dishes in the dishwasher. Stop asking them to do something they're not doing. Instead, come up with another solution together. Yeah.
1: I've noticed in my relationship when it comes to things that I want done, especially like things around the house, like. I don't know if this is a, it's not a trick in my mind. It's, it's just, if I want something done, I just do it. And I do it visibly in front of my partner. So it's like, I'm doing this. So if I do it enough, they'll start to, I feel like in, in their mind, they start to be like, okay, okay yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a sneeze.
1: <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> that was a sneeze.
0: <laughs> um, that's so passive aggressive, but that's passive aggressive body language. That's true. That's please read between the lines.
1: <laughs> that is <laughs> true. of just
0: assertively saying, "Babe, we, you know, this is what's happening. How can we solve this t- together?"
1: Mm-hmm. That is passive aggressive. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oof. So next question.
0: Um, I'll go. Here's a good one. (laughs) Why do we always want what we can't have?
1: Mm. What do you think?
0: I think we need a few hours to answer this one.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, There's so (laughs) many movies made about this very thing, like Shallow Hal and stuff like that, where it's always about you know the guy wanting the girl that's way out of his league or vice versa or whatever you know mm-hmm. the the really really poor person wanting the really really rich person or you know it's we're always like oh the grass is so much greener over there
0: right there's a lot of reasons there are definitely a lot of reasons and maybe at some point we need to do an entire episode on this topic mm-hmm. but Just to name a a few of the, a few of the reasons why this can happen, Um, you know, sometimes it's just being excited about the thrill and the chase of it. For some people, it's like, oh, like you said, the grass is always greener. Oh, I want that. Oh, now I want that. Those are those that once they get you or they get what they, what they wanted, what they were chasing, they're done. Mm. So you'll see it a lot of times in relationships where one person is heavily pursuing the other person. And then as soon as they get them, they're like, great, that, that, this is boring now. The thrill is gone. So I think I'm going to go find someone else so that I can have re- heavily pursue and chase after. Another common reason is that we need to be validated. And it gives us a sense of validation, right? Um, if we are accepted by that person, it gives us a sense of validation. And our ego can be satisfied now, mm. right? Hashtag mm. winning.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm. um, and for some people, it's, you know, being attracted to the unpredictability of another person. Mm. I can't figure this person out. I want to figure them out. And as soon as you become predictable and as soon as they get to know you well enough and you're predictable, now they're like, Oh, okay. I got it. Good. Next.
1: What is that rooted in? Is it rooted in like, uh, uh someone that's just unhappy with everything or like what drives that do you think?
0: Um, I think a lot of times our sense of desire comes from both our pleasure, but also our pain body as well. Mm -hmm. And so our pain body gets triggered a lot. And when you've been hurt in previous relationships, sometimes going forward, it's constantly being triggered over and over and over again. And so that's what's familiar to you and now you're just going after what's familiar even though those are often the same people who are like i just want to settle down i want to meet my person and be together forever but you're just so used to that disappointment or you're so used to chasing after things that you don't actually want but you think you want you're so used to you know there's women out there that are so used to being love bombed not realizing that that's actually not a healthy pursuit that's not a healthy a way recorded
1: i've heard of that before is that where someone like just wines and dines you like mm-hmm. over the top so it's like they're in love with um dating the beginnings of dating right. or people who i think there's men and women who are obsessed with getting married not necessarily being married but mm-hmm. the process of having the wedding mm-hmm. and going through it. and i think once all that dies off after they get married they they get bored
0: those are the people I think that say oh I love love no (sighs) you love marriage there's a difference yeah but it's that sense of being in love right Mm. in those beginning stages of being in love there's all of this passion there's all of this chemistry and chemistry will come and go in a relationship but connection that bond that you get from connection now mm-hmm. that's different that's in my opinion, a healthy relationship. my opinion that's what we should kind of be striving for
1: mm, I agree well, I feel like we've Christ because I'm like still sitting here in my passive aggressiveness from that revelation that I had earlier, so that's actually i mean i've been listening. <laughs> but at the same time, I did have an eye opening moment there where I was like, huh, how have I been communicating all this? I hope those of you listening had a, a moment too where you're like, dang, I've been doing it the wrong way this whole time.
0: There's so much to understanding how we communicate. Yeah. So much. Um, but it's really important. If you want a healthy relationship, to learn about your communication style to learn about how people around you communicate mm-hmm. you're not going to go out there and change how everyone communicates mm-hmm. that's not your goal that's not your job that's not what you should be doing all you can do is see how you respond how mm-hmm. it affects you and the choices that you make so if right. someone is aggressively communicating t- with you you can identify it and say look you know what i'm going to i'm going to be assertive about this but I'm going to try and communicate to the best of my ability. That's, that's all we can do.
1: Yeah. And don't go after things that you think you want that you really don't want. <laughs> Which I think is a, is a form of like poor communication with yourself in a way. It's not listening. It's not even listening to yourself. So basically the other symptoms that we've been talking about in this episode is an issue of not listening to your partner or listening to the other right. person. And then the other one is not listening to yourself. So basically communication is listening. Yeah. And knowing
0: what you want, right? Tapping into yourself and understanding yourself and understanding what you want. Mm -hmm. Then you can be a little bit better at listening to other people and knowing whether or not it's a good fit with that person.
1: Do we have time for one more question? Do you have one more? um yeah we can we can do another one well yeah let's do one more question
0: do you want to do one or do you want me to do one um we have different lists for our listeners so they know like
1: just (laughs) so you know like we're we're like we both get questioned well i i I comb the Facebook groups for a lot of your questions that I see you asking other people within the comment section, and I notice a lot of your questions—not a lot. Uh, a lot of your questions do get answered, but I do notice some questions do go mm-hmm. unanswered. So we, I definitely want to grab some of those questions and make sure that we answer here in the show. So. Definitely. Always ask questions in a group, send us qu- questions in a DM, send us questions to sexier at gmail.com. You have three ways. And we're going to keep the list going. Whatever we don't answer today, we're going to answer in our next episode. But I definitely want to get to one more question. And I think Andrea, let's answer one of your questions.
0: Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Oh goodness. Oh, here's a good one. But how do you know when to keep trying or when to let go? Oh. So I'm going to assume a lot of people are feeling this right now coming out of COVID mm-hmm. being post pandemic. Um, a lot of things are opening up. I know every, every state is different and every country is so different. And I know we're much further ahead than a lot of other countries. So if anyone does listen to this from another country, I apologize not to be the snotty Americans that we are, we're, we're, we're opening up. Yeah. Um, we
1: do have some listeners in Greece, I noticed, but yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That's so yeah. cool. That's so
1: cool.
0: <laughs> Um, So yeah, everything is kind of getting back to normal and people are now, you know, the news has been talking about how the divorce rate went up. Mm. since the pandemic.
1: I know some couples, yeah.
0: People were really stuck at home on top of each other and their relationships worked because they were able to have their separate times. Mm -hmm. They were able to travel for work or be outside the home. And now what's happened is they've realized some of the issues that they had in their relationship are at the forefront. And they're in their face and they've realized, I don't know if we can make this work. Whether you've tried therapy together or not tried therapy, it doesn't, you know, therapy's great. Mm -hmm. But therapy also can really help you understand whether or not you should just give up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So something, the quick answer, the easiest and the quickest way to answer this is when you get to a point where you are having less time together, that's happy. So when your time together is becoming more and more about the fights, more and more about the challenge, more and more about the sadness, that is when you need to look at it and say, I don't know if this is worth fighting for anymore. Mm-hmm. We're having less time together together that is happy, that's joyful. It doesn't mean that you can't salvage it. You can't go and, you know, go to therapy together or go to therapy separately or work on yourself separately and then come back and try and fix it. But when you are in a relationship where it's getting worse and worse and worse and you and your partner are both very unhappy, then what are you fighting for? Yeah because you just don't want to be the one to give up
1: or you don't want the shame of people like oh you're single again or some crap like right. that because i think some people get caught up in oh we look so good together we're mm-hmm. that it we're a power couple and i think that sometimes keep people together i mean for yeah. couples who have kids it makes perfect sense you you don't want to break up your household sometimes you know just to have a the upbringing that you desire for your kids. But that aside, I think some people are afraid of the, uh, the supposed shame they might feel of um, ending a uh, a relationship that looks successful on paper.
0: Of course, you don't want to sometimes admit to your friends and family or coworkers. I failed. Yeah. This didn't work, but it doesn't mean you failed. Yeah. The relationship failed. You didn't fail. Your partner didn't fail. Yeah. The relationship fell apart in whatever way. Maybe you weren't meant to be together. Yeah. But don't stop yourself from going out there and finding the right person, the right partner to be with, the healthy relationship. You deserve to be happy. Mm -hmm. Your partner deserves to be happy. You guys are miserable together. So maybe it's time to say, we tried. I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Let's move our own. Directions.
1: Yeah. I agree. I remember my first ex, we had such a great relationship um, when we were together. He was Dominican. So I learned all about the Dominican culture. Um, he had two kids. So I was, I didn't really see them, but you know, he had two kids. So we had dogs together. At one point, we bought a house. Well, I bought a house, but he, anyways, so we had a house <laughs> together. Um, but Towards the end of our relationship, I was holding on to it because we were always known as Canaan and blank or blank Mm -hmm. and Canaan. And I was just like, it was just like, oh, no, we can't end. You know, everybody, your family kind of, I guess they like me. My family likes (laughs) you. So it's like, we can't end this. But when we finally decided to separate, we had a very passionate relationship. And we finally decided to separate. He met someone and he's been with the same person since uh-huh. we broke up. And that was back in maybe 2010, nine, eight, one of those. And he's been with the same person since then. So it's just like, just because your relationship is not working, doesn't mean that you don't have an opportunity or that person doesn't have an opportunity to meet someone. Because if I stood in a way of that, he would have never met this guy and they would not have had their long lasting relationship somewhere where he always wanted to be. So I think sometimes when we block ourselves from like ending those relationships that are working out like that are just not happy anymore, we're kind of like standing in the way of our own happiness and our own success. 100%.
0: Yeah. 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 Don't get in the way of your own success. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no point in being miserable every day just to save face.
0: No, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. And the longer that you stay in a very unhappy relationship, The worse it gets, the, the more it takes on to your body, you Mm -hmm. see people gaining weight or becoming unhealthy. It's because they're bottling up all that emotion and it comes out in their physical, Yeah, you know, physical ailments happen. So take care of yourself, you know, take care of your, your partner, take care of themselves. It's not easy to break up. It's not easy to separate from a relationship, whether it was, 5 months, 5 years, 15 years, it doesn't matter how long it was. It's never an easy process, but if you have faith in yourself that you have the strength to get through it, you will, you will heal. You mm-hmm. will eventually move on and find some person yourself maybe or another person that makes you feel very happy, that's very fulfilling. That's mm-hmm. really what we're looking for at the end of the day, it's just having a fulfilling relationship with people.
1: Yeah, I agree. And on that note.
0: Yes, on that note. (laughs) A a really fun episode. I love that we're doing this. Um, Like Kanan said, we're going to do every 10th episode, we're going to do an answer your questions.
1: Yeah, because I still have two questions here. No, three that I didn't get to. So I'm going to save those for our next show for sure.
0: Absolutely. And I'm sure we're going to get more questions coming in. So if you want us to address your questions, feel free to pop them up on the Facebook group, Dates Smarter, Sexier, or you can email them to us, or you can ask them via Instagram, however you want to find us. We're on YouTube now, we're everywhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, And I just saw recently that Facebook groups is going to change the way that they operate and come off of Facebook just like Messenger did so that people can join groups and not have to be on Facebook. So I'm very curious to see how that ends up looking when all said and done.
1: Yeah, because I think what keeps some people from getting on those groups, which actually is great because there are a lot of anti Let's be honest, there's a lot of anti-Facebook people out there or Absolutely. people that are into other things besides social media, mm-hmm. but they still have interests. They still right. enjoy their hobbies. They still do, and they still want to link with people who like the exact same thing. So at least now this creates an opportunity to be able to communicate with people like you without having to be on Facebook. So I think it's fantastic. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, Cool. I will be talking to you in our next episode. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast, where dating doesn't just stop because you're in a relationship. To have a happy and healthy relationship, we need to continue to put in the effort. For more information and a free consultation from me, please visit andrealarosacoaching.com. Until next time.